Shut up and sit down. When the Wind Blows is an epic, inspired podcast bringing innovation to professional development. Welcome back to When the Wind Blows, an epic podcast for parents, teachers, leaders, and anyone vested in the world of education. All right, so I told you last week uh, I'm going to have these guys back. We've got Todd and Brant back for another episode of When the Wind Blows. Um, you you really liked the advocacy advocacy one uh, just a few days into that one being put up. Um, it's, it's killing. So, um, thank you boys for, for coming back and doing another episode. Um, you know, I, I try to look for trends in these podcasts and, uh, definitely how parents can get involved, how parents can do more for their students and their school seems to be, um, a pretty hot topic. And so, uh, we're back today with voting and this is another way to advocate and we're we're talking you know specifically about the vote that happens tomorrow but um but it's another way to advocate for you and your family and for oklahoma as well um and so guys again thank you so much for being back on the podcast with me today um it's always a good day when i get to talk to you guys um good to be here good so so Talk to me about voting. Did you know that there's a website that you can enter your name into and you can find out your own voting record since you've been eligible to vote? Do you guys know about this website? Okay. Yes. <laughs> so I I typed my name in. I think it's goodvoter.com or something like that. But uh, I typed my name in and I am a great voter. I was pleased to see that. I've uh, taken part in all but one uh, vote since I've t- turned 18 years old. That's impressive right there. Well, I, I mean, that's impressive. I'm a little bit of a geek when it comes to this stuff, and so I just I just really like it. How would you guys say your voting record looks? I think my uh, voting record is going to be really good. With, Brant, you go ahead. Yeah, with two guests, I, I, I need to just say your names. I apologize, guys. <clears throat> Brant, how's your voting record? You know, uh, probably a little spotty. I feel like I've lived in a lot of places. And I probably haven't cast votes in every election that I've been able to. But uh, I try to make all the presidential. I try to make all the primaries in general that I can. But uh, I, I've slipped through the crack on a few. I know I have. And and Todd, how about yourself? I think uh, mine's been really pretty good, especially when I served 12 years uh, in the legislature, uh, it became even more important to me. So, uh, yeah, for sure. you know, I, I, I made sure to, to vote. Um, you know, it's funny whenever I <clears throat> turned 18, <clears throat> I registered one way because I was like, I'm going to try to vote, you know, against who I want to vote for. <laughs> and then I, uh, as an adult was like, what are you doing? And went and registered a different way. And, um, 
uh, especially whenever I moved to my my most permanent residence. I've been here for uh, gosh, fifteen years now. So um, anyway, it, it voting is was hilarious to me. Now I take it pretty darn seriously. Yes, you should. So okay. I'm not going to ask you guys how you got involved in education because we've heard that. How did you get involved, um, I guess, in advocacy? Uh, and so, uh, Todd, before you became a legislator, um, were you involved in advocacy at all? Well, I would say probably not on a political level. Uh, my advocacy is I worked for the Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, for 30 years, 29 years um, of my life. And so my advocacy was was trying to present the gospel to uh, coaches and athletes and all whom they influence. And so that was really uh, where I advocated. And because of that, I probably tended to not uh, be real outspoken on a political level just because it was more important to me uh, what was going on in the ministry and I didn't want to it, what amazed me is whenever I started running uh, for office uh, the people that were in a different party than me that I had been friends with for years immediately looked at me differently and started treating me differently and so that was a real eye opener. Yeah. And Brant, how about you? When did you get involved in advocacy and, uh, uh, in the, the, the arena you're in, you're, you're very politically charged. Am I right in that? Well, I, I got the bug in college. I started working campaigns and races and volunteering for different candidates for office. And I, uh, gained an internship uh, for a lobbying firm when I was in college. And so I think a lot of it sprung from just kind of youthful exposure to uh, advocacy work. But um, I definitely caught the bug early. Very good. Very good. Well, so there is an election tomorrow. Um, the, the, biggest election of the four years, the presidential race, right? Uh, and so um, we've got that for sure to vote on. But there are other things that Oklahomans are going to see on their ballots this year that are that are uh, beyond the presidential election. And I kind of wanted to talk about those also. Obviously, we are not going to tell you who to vote for or um, what to vote for, but if there's any way that we can break it down for you or, um, uh, you know, give you, I don't know, um, an idea of what you're going to see, then, then, uh, that's what we're here for today. I know that I've gone to vote on things in the past and been surprised by a state question or a, a judicial race that I thought, oh gosh, you know, I don't even know what to do here. And so if if anything, this is to give you the heads up when you walk in tomorrow. It will be more than just a presidential race. Um, exactly. So in Oklahoma, did you guys know there will be three candidates on the ballot? Yes, an independent, 
there is an independent. Okay, on the website that I am using, I thought that, and this is just um, the 2020 Oklahoma Voter Guide, and it is linked into the show notes. So if anybody needs access to the show notes or this website, they can uh, they can totally follow it. They're putting L under uh, the independent or third party candidate. Is this libertarian or is this something new that they're they're throwing in there? Because it's on several different candidates, not just the the third party candidate here. Do you guys know who's the what, what is the candidate's name? Uh, I just moved past. Her name is Joanne yeah, she, Jor- Jorgensen. I believe she's libertarian. So okay. I, I would have to believe. I don't know enough about how they categorize, but I would believe that that would have to be. Uh, almost a subcategory of the independent is libertarian. Okay. An identifier. I definitely know on corporate commission, there's a libertarian uh, in a couple of the the house races. um, There are third party candidates and they all have L and not just that I. So I didn't know if that was something that they were identifying uh, differently this year. Do you have any idea? Yeah, I'm not familiar with that at all. Grant may be, but I'm not familiar with that at all. I, I believe it does much Libertarian Party. Okay, and I, I figured as much. Uh, lots of Libertarians uh, running this year. Um, mm-hmm. And and I, I guess I had only really ever seen I maybe running as the, the Independent Party, but maybe it's its own branch now that, I mean, not branch, but, you know, uh, We've always had a two-party system, three-party with that independent. Right. Do you think this is a fourth party, and will we see you know, four parties now? Or do they operate under the umbrella of that independent party? I think for the, for the, for the time, they're under the uh, umbrella of the independent. Okay. Just making sure. Sometimes I'm a dumb-dumb when it comes to this. No. What was that? Go ahead, Brant. Brant? I was going to say, I also think it's it's probably more prevalent because it's a presidential election rather than a, a general house or a, a Senate campaign cycle. Uh, this is a little bit more prestigious, and I feel like there's probably more libertarian candidates because of the time of the year. Okay. Well, thank you for that update. Um, well, I... There's a good chance, Aaron, that everything we're telling you is absolutely <laughs> wrong. So. Uh... <laughs> I do know there's Republican and Democrat, and so sure. uh, and there is independent. But right. outside of that, I, I'm not going to stake my reputation on the rest of it. Okay, um, so you will see a third party uh, person on the ballot uh, this year. Uh, she is a female, and um, just didn't want anybody to be surprised by that. Now we also have um, in the executive uh, branch of things, there is a race for corporate commission or Corporation Commission. What is this? Uh, Todd, can you help me out with that one? Yeah, I, I think this is one of uh, the, the votes cast for this uh, agency is one of the biggest or most impactful for Oklahomans that we know the least about. Uh, they they regulate and monitor uh, our gas prices, electricity, our telephone. They are on the front lines of trying to monitor that. And so it's an extremely important position and, and you have to view, do I want uh, 
somebody that's taken a conservative view on that or do I want somebody that's taken a more liberal view? And that's everybody has their opinion on that, but it does have an impact on what you pay for your gas prices for, um, you know, for electricity, for telephone. Uh, they affect oil, um, you know, the, the production of oil and the, the regulation of that. So the corp, Corpcom is a very important uh, agency uh, and a very important role. So I feel like I um, do not live in the same bubble as, as other people sometimes. I've seen my Facebook feed just say, can we go back to the Viagra commercials? Can we please just go back to all these commercials? So I haven't had you know traditional television with commercials in almost uh, 10 years. Um, now, did you say that because I'm older? <laughs> no. Oh, my gosh, no. Okay, um, okay. I <laughs> but are there commercials on television for this corporation commission position? Uh, both guys are named Todd. And so, um, you know, are there, are there commercials that are going out on television right now telling you which one and are, you know, who, who you should vote for are, are people bringing these things up in commercials this year? Have any of you seen them? I have not seen it. And is that Brant because you don't have commercials streaming regularly or you just haven't seen them? Both. Okay. Both. Todd, how about you? I, I do. Go ahead, Brant. I was going to say, I, I do actually uh, will, will look through the internet and try to find certain commercials for certain candidates and, and races that are going on. I, I have not seen any for corporation commissioner. Okay. Yeah, I think... Um, Corpcom is a hard thing to run for. Uh, it's a statewide uh, position. And people don't genuinely care unless you're in the industry that they uh, are in. And so sometimes it's hard to generate uh, the money uh, to, you know, put on television commercials. And then with the presidential election going on, it's really hard to find space on the TV uh, time slots to be able to put your commercials in. Uh, whenever you're competing with everything else. I mean, there's other, other races that are going on in each individual area. So, so maybe those I people watching every, TV at three o'clock in the morning have seen it. Yeah. And, and every candidate um, is going to try to weigh how to use their money. Uh, if for some reason, let's say uh, Todd Hyatt, who's a corporation commissioner currently feels like my name recognition is strong enough. My opponent isn't, a strong enough threat, I'm not going to spend the money uh, to uh, invest in, you know, publicizing myself anymore uh, because he doesn't have the money to publicize himself. So nobody knows who he is or she is or whatever, you know. So there, there's some calculated guessing that you use on uh, how you spend your money, what's most effective. Okay, good deal. Uh, so that's the only race in the executive branch. On the legislative side, we've got five districts uh, for House of Represent U.S. House of Representatives um, that that are running. Know your district, know what district you live in, and and such. But um, there are are five different races going there, as well as the U.S. Senate race. Um, 
don't know if there's much else to say on that, guys. Uh, Brant, do you have anything you want to say when it when it surrounds this uh, legislative branch? Oh, I think the only race that I, I definitely has been on the tip of everyone's tongue lately has been uh, the congressional district five uh, Bice with uh, Bice versus Horn. Uh, there's been an awful lot of advertisement for that race, and uh, from what I've come to understand is that that's a, a very tight race between those two individuals, and we'll just have to see after election day who wins. But it's it's going to be a very tight contest. So. What's it look like in Oklahoma? What are you guys hearing? Are there going to be any upsets in one through four, do you think? I would anticipate no. Yeah, I was kind of wondering yeah, the same I, thing. I, I would anticipate no. Um, and, I mean, traditionally, on a national level, Oklahomans uh, vote conservative, Um you know, we typically vote Republican on president. We typically vote, vote Republican on our congressional uh, candidates, our Senate candidates. Um, so, and I think the one thing I wanted to say earlier, Aaron, is that's one of the dangers that I think we have in Oklahoma is that people have become so accustomed to, well, probably the Republican's going to win so I don't need to really go vote because my vote's not going to really matter. And they take, they, they forget that really some of the most important races that they can vote for are their local legislative races, uh, judicial races, um, the court com, those kind of things that affect what's going on with policies right here in the state. And so somebody may say, listen, I think, you know, uh, Jim Inhofe's going to win or whatever. I'm not going to go vote because it's not going to really matter. Well, your vote will matter on the local level in a big way. And I'll tell you how I know that. I know that because of personal experience. My very first race, um, I lost by two votes. Oh, out of about 10,000 votes, I lost by two votes. We did a complete recount of the votes and I won by two. Now, I'm still not convinced. I haven't been, haven't been shown whether or not my wife voted for me or not. But um, so it was, it was just razor, razor thin uh, right there. But everybody that, that that year said, ah, I don't need to vote because of, you know, whatever. My vote's not going to really matter on the presidential year or, or a congressional. It had a significant impact. Uh, on on my local race. Well, and with the number of people um, whom it, just in the last uh, probably 10 years I've spoken with that really only vote during the presidential race uh, for right. these, you know, district seats and stuff that are, that are on here. I mean, it's like luck of the draw. <laughs> like if they don't know who to vote for, you know, just cover your eyes and, and, you know, fill in that, that box. And so on a, on a presidential year, uh, especially as well, I mean, every year it, you just need to, you need to inform yourself of what you're going to see on that ballot. Right. And, and standing in line and seeing what the, the, the example ballot looks like is, is probably not going to give you enough time. 
No, you're exactly right. Yeah. Um, okay, so judicial branch, there are a few races as well. We've got the Oklahoma Supreme Court Justice uh, retention. And so uh, you'll see, uh, actually, am I looking at this correctly, guys, and that we're just voting whether or not to reelect the judges that are already in place, I don't see any office overlaps except for the civil appeals retention. Am I crazy on that? that that's probably so. Okay. Um, all right. State legislative. So we've got, we've got several things going on here. Um, there are 21 districts that have opposition running. Why, um, why are there districts that have zero opposition? Is it just that the time isn't up right now or what? Well, that's all going to depend on what, you know, the quality of candidate that, that has been there, how entrenched they are. Some people may analyze the situation and go, and they just have uh, too much popularity, uh, too much support uh, to, to try to make a run at them at this time. Uh, it wouldn't really be wise, uh, be wasted time for me. Um, so, so I'm not really sure. I do think though, that as people, the legislative races are so important, especially for those people here on this channel, uh, advocating for Epic, uh, because you really need to pay attention to does my candidate that I'm looking to vote for, do they believe in, um, new ideas in public education, or are they entrenched in the traditional brick and mortar model? Um, and because you need to know who's going to be an advocate for you as you move forward. And those votes are going to directly affect you. Not only that, but on the legislative side, I mean, those, the legislators are the ones that are talking about your roads and bridges. Uh, they're talking about prisons, uh, public safety, uh, in addition to education. So things that directly impact Oklahomans, the legislature is voting on. Brant, do you have, in your um, state uh, representative district, do you have anybody uh, that's running against the incumbent? What district are you in? We may have lost Mr. Brant. Todd, how about you? Uh, no, okay. um, no, not right now. Not, not of any significance. Well, I yeah. am in district 30 and there is, uh, there is going to be somebody running against Mark Lawson. Um, for what it's worth, I haven't gotten any mailers from that person. I haven't seen anything. I, I haven't even seen, uh, any places where, uh, he's spoken. I, I know like, Again, uh, and, and I've mentioned this in the past, when I first thought, maybe I'll run, um, the place you announce here in, in District 30 is kind of the, the Kiefer Fireworks show. And <laughs> I haven't seen him there. I, I uh, have been to Porter and gotten peaches. I haven't seen him there. And so there are a few places where you just know you're going to go and hear about uh, the race. And so maybe that's a good sign for my buddy, Mark Lawson, uh, here in town. Well, I, don't know. I, I would think so. And I think that there are a lot of people that 
um, think that they're going to run and think that they're going to be a candidate, but there's so much more to being a candidate than what people realize. And, you know, I know that we talk about money, but if you don't have any money, uh, you cannot tell people who you are. Um, and if you're not willing to go out and work, you can't tell people who you are. I mean, you have to go out and especially on these legislative races, you have to go out and knock door to door to door on a, on a daily basis to make sure people know who you are. People trust you. And obviously COVID has prevented some of that. Uh, but there are efforts that can be made that if a candidate's not doing that, then either they've realized that they don't have a chance or they're not, people ought to really take into consideration if my candidate's not working now, what's, what's he going to do whenever he gets there? Right. Right. Uh, we have Brant back maybe Brant. Hey, Brant. Do you have anybody? He's connecting to the audio. Brant, is there, uh, in your district, uh, for the state legislative side, do you have anybody running against your incumbent? Yes, there is, um, but that individual, and the name escapes me currently, has done very little. Uh, no mailers. Uh, I've seen no signs. So I feel like it's a name on the ballot only. I don't necessarily think that it's an active race. Right. Okay. Okay. So the other things that are going to appear on this ballot, we've got two state questions this year, and I've actually seen a lot on Facebook uh, for 805. 805 has had Facebook ads that have hit me. You know, I don't have the traditional television commercial, but um, I don't know a lot about the 814. And so, uh, or at least it it did not hit, um, it didn't hit the Facebook world. And so let's start with 814. Do you, what is 814 about? Uh, Brant, do you want that? Go for it, Brant. He may be gone again. So, Todd, do you know about okay. 814? I believe 814, if I'm correct, is uh, I don't want to get my numbers mixed up, but I believe 814 is the one uh, talking about um, using the tax. Ah, can you um, hear me? The, the uh, tobacco money for Medicaid uh, reimbursement. Correct. Am I correct on that one? Yes, that's okay. correct. And Brant, we can yeah. hear you. What do you know about 814? Oh, poor guy is in and out. Uh, yeah. So so earlier in the summer, there was uh, a vote, a state question vote as to whether or not uh, Oklahomans wanted to um, get into the Medicaid uh, arena so that we could get matching dollars uh, to to uh, get federal dollars, basically so that we could obtain federal dollars uh, for Medicaid that we haven't been receiving over the years. Um, and when we voted on that, that did uh, put us in a position where uh, we were going to be on the hook coming up this next year from a budgetary standpoint. So I think what 814 does, it provides a funding source uh, for that money because the legislature is going to have to come up with it somehow to budget it because 
we voted a mandate that we're going to spend the money uh, to get the matching dollars from the federal government. And so this basically takes uh, like 75% of the tobacco settlement uh, fund and gives it to the legislature so that they can put it into this um, Medicaid reimbursement. Okay. Uh, I, I believe that, I believe that is pretty close. All right. And so, you know, again, we're not going to tell you which way to vote on it, but uh, in the show notes, again, there is a link that um, if you, if you want to dig into that summary, um, then you can, it'll, it'll show you what the ballot uh, verbiage will look like. And then it gives you a little more depth uh, next to it so that you can kind of be informed as to whether you're voting yes or no. Um, the next one, and we, we did lose Brant. Uh, so, uh, for you, you people that are listening, we're recording this, obviously not the day before the election. We're recording this on the tail end of an ice storm that just came through. So, uh, we did lose Branton, and I apologize, Todd. You're on the hook now for all of this. Amen. Let's okay. do it. <laughs> okay, so 805. What is 805? And um, whew, this one seems like it will probably be kind of tight, according to my Facebook feed. What do you think, Todd? Well, I think there's an overall effort for um, reform, uh, sentencing reform, uh, prison reform, those kind of things. Um, what this one, uh, I think, does is it uh, takes away the judge's um, ability to tack on additional years to somebody's sentence based on a prior conviction. Uh, so if they have been convicted uh, and that was a five-year sentence, uh, but and but they had been convicted before of something similar. The judge can make it a ten-year sentence. Okay. Uh, is kind of the deal. Uh, the thing that I think people need to understand is that just because the judge has that prerogative doesn't mean that they necessarily do that. So right now, currently, judges aren't uh, mandated to add that time on. That's just a prerogative. And I, what you would hope is that they have the subjectivity to look at each individual case and say, I mean, this guy just didn't get it the first time. Yeah. And, you know, so we need to lengthen what we do here. Uh, basically 805 takes that ability away. So um, whatever I get charged with, I serve that and then if I get charged with something else, I just serve that. I mean, it, there's no buildup. And uh, so, stacking on. do you think? Um, do you think? Well, I mean, I don't. I don't know how to ask this question without uh, loading it. Do you think that there are anything attached to either of these bills that make them not the right time? to pass or definitely the right time to pass. I've seen people say, oh, but if you if you pass this one, it includes this. And and 
for some people, this is big enough that they're going to say no. Uh, for others, you're like, you know, gosh, I mean, especially in 805, um, you know, it, it's no secret that Oklahoma incarcerates a ton of people. Uh, and, and the offenses, um, I, I think that there are plenty of people who think that um, there, there has been tacking on in the past. So I've seen like domestic abuse in particular, you know, somebody serves a year because they battered a spouse um, and then they get out and they, they do it again, you know, is, um, is something like that going to allow spousal abuse or domestic cases like that to, um, to, to kind of get away with things in your opinion. Now I'm, I'm not sure Aaron. So I want to make sure uh, that people understand that this is not from an expert standpoint. I sure. believe that it's nonviolent. Okay. Uh, crimes that we're talking about here. And so um, maybe that's fear mongering yeah. on the side of the people who want a, a yes vote. Or a no vote? Well, like I said, I don't want to speak on that because sure. maybe I'm uh, totally wrong. I know that um, that as much as we want um, reforms, and we've made significant reforms um, over the last few years, uh, that we do have to be cautious about how far we go and how much power we take away from judges uh, because they're going to be the ones that are sitting there hearing the case uh, firsthand. And so the, the question that people need to ask themselves is, do I want to take some a tool out of the judge's chest that he has uh, whenever he's going to incarcerate, or do I want to limit that? And do I believe that that is the best thing for the safety of, of Oklahomans? Okay. And, and I am, I mean, as, as you were speaking, I really am trying to dive into this summary and, and there is a, for example, for example, if a minimum sentence for a first offense was five years in prison or less, the sentence for that second crime could be up to 10 years. A third nonviolent offense could enhance, uh, between three times the minimum for the first, uh, sentence to life in prison. Uh, if the first offense had no minimum, the sentence for the third felony could range to an additional four years to life in prison. And so I think, I mean, doesn't it seem like they're just trying to um, get rid of the number of people serving life in prison for nonviolent offenses? Yeah, and the question that you would have to ask yourself is, is the... Uh... Is it the best wisdom to simply take away the judge's prerogative to stack on sentences based on this repetitive uh, violation that this individual has? Or should we, you know, really call on the legislature to change the law so that the judge can't give a life sentence that it has to be, you know, if it's a third time, it can be 
three times that to 20 years as opposed to, to, uh, you know, a life sentence. So, I mean, there's a, there's a different way to go about this as opposed to just simply taking away that prerogative of the judge. Sure. Um, and, and it, it seems like we've elected these individuals for a reason, um, minimizing the power. I don't know. I, you know, part, part of me is, is for way less government, but then when you take away less government, sometimes you're left with sticky situations. And so, um, it's interesting. Uh, I, I, I'm interested to see how that one goes. Yeah, that one's going to be um, uh, probably going to be close. All right. Know, I would anticipate. Uh, Todd, as always, it's amazing to have you on the podcast. You're filled with information. You're uh, a wealth of knowledge around here. So I sure appreciate you. But that is all the time we have for today. If you like what you heard, go ahead and hit that like button or subscribe. Uh, we've got some things coming up here in the future where if there are comments, if you've left a comment or rated the podcast, you could be in the running for a super secret awesome thing coming up. So if you are interested in being a part of that, leave us a comment now. Uh, tune in next week where we are rethinking how leadership and education can better prepare the next generation for a rapidly evolving world.